Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte, and you're with Stan, Rowe, and Raph on the SGP Podcast. Woo! Are you ready? Marks and Smarks. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas Podcast. Stunning Stan C. At your service. To my right, Ravishing Ro Moran. Hey. No Rowdy Raf Camus here on the show, but okay. we are joined by another friend of the podcast making his return, I think, for the third time. Oh, this month. Yeah, third, uh, second time this month. Renzo Magnaia rejoins us on the podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks again for having me on. Three times. Three times. Three times. Three times. Three times. I think three. three overall, two for this month. Two for this month. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we should start paying you, probably. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> when you start making money, which doesn't look like we are. Are you, not, wait, not you guys are getting month. paid? Ha! <laughs> For the podcast Well we used to There used to be a sponsorship There used to be a sponsorship That was brokered by somebody Who we're no longer connected to But we'll get into that next week But back then You know When when we sponsorship We felt blessed Yes And thankful Yes We felt hashtag blessed Yes It's no longer just blessed Yeah Sobran lucky I guess we had to blame it on Jesus (laughs) But that was back then And this is now We've come to this The final episode of the year And this is the time of the year When we do the annual SGP awards Mm. We started this on year one 2014 We're already on year three Of the podcast Can you believe Congratulations guys Congratulations Thank you So uh, year three ends With the award show But before we get to that And some announcements We'll be making At the end of the program announcements Yeah there are announcements Uh, We'll be Let's talk about Smackdown and let's talk about how SmackDown and Raw have gone back to competing against one another. And this year, at least the latter half of 2016, showed us that SmackDown has become the true A-show of the WWE. You mentioned that they're competing again, but they're actually not you know, head-to-head competing like they were back in the old days, back in the last decade. But I do hear from time to time you know, the commentators saying, uh, throw shade at the other show. I like this. I miss this. Uh, it's not the same thing, but it's a start. I don't know. There, there's something, there's something nostalgic, I guess, oh, to your yeah. point about, about how uh, Raw and SmackDown are drawing at each other again. And it makes it feel real again the, 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 that there is an actual divide between the two shows. And uh, you know, other than what we're gonna get into in a bit, it really does make you feel like okay, at least uh, a whole different team is working on this show as opposed to the other show. And you feel it. You feel it in oh, the no vibes man. of the show. It's like how, how coherent SmackDown is written, how logical it is, as opposed to Raw, where there are weeks that it just feels all over the place. Uh. And then it's got the stretch that, it, uh, that it's been able to somehow sustain over the last month where they're able to integrate several storylines together. To be fair to Monday, uh SmackDown isn't always perfect. And, but the good thing about SmackDown is when it has weak weeks... If you know what I'm saying, uh, it doesn't feel that way at all because at least you can bank on the wrestling being uh, being good 
in the ring at least. Right. And that brings us to this week because I think if if you're going to look at this week's Raw and this week's SmackDown, which I know you were able to catch, yes, uh, this week's Raw and this week's SmackDown have become the microcosm of the the relationship uh. between both shows. Now SmackDown has clearly emerged as the better show among the two, and it's funny to to see this emerge at the end of the year after what six months of around six months on around half a year of of the brand split coming back. We finally get to see again, as it was back in the day, that SmackDown, once again, is emerging as a better written show. Right. Um, I, I guess we can't talk about SmackDown, especially this week's episode, without talking about John Cena. Uh. Comes back this week, stakes his claim as the new number one contender, regardless of who wins the main event. Uh, well, to me, the, man, the way I understood Cena's promo and his challenge was that he was just... Uh, putting out the challenge out there, it was up to the authority figures, Adam Bryan and Shane McMahon, uh, on whether they would actually honor his challenge and his claim, as you say, to the WWE Championship. And it was up also to it was also up to the champion, whoever won the main event that time, which we all know by now is AJ Styles. I feel like that's kind of a big asterisk to put on his mm, entire okay. role because um, if you were going to issue a challenge on whoever would be champion by yeah. the time Royal Rumble comes in, I feel like you would make that distinction. You'd be like, at least, you know, if Daniel Bryan and yeah, if, yeah. if if um, if who's the other? Shane McMahon. Shane. There you go. Shane. I haven't seen him in a while. If Shane allows it, then I will face la la la. But mm-hmm. then the way that it, you know, appeared to me was that John Cena was back. He wanted a match and he's going to get it no matter, like, no matter what. Maybe that is the truth. But I think the man, to be f- on, to be a little fair to him, he did he did leave the question or the statement up in the air. But uh, it would have been a different thing, an entirely different thing, if he did he came out and said, "I talked to Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon at the on, at the back in the back, and they said they would give me a title shot because I am John Cena, goddammit. But it didn't put in it. That's still how it came across. He was very smug. Now no, I guess I, I'm de- John fucking Cena. I'm oh, gonna yeah. challenge for the title because I said so. No doubt, I, no doubt. There was there was smugness in his voice and the way he said it for sure. And there was that undertone. Sorry. Sorry to cut sure, you off, okay. but there was that undertone. Uh, um, you know, screw this new era. That's bullshit. Oh, yeah. It's the my time is now era, and that says it. It, it's, it brings about a lot of self entitlement. Even though his time is now was like ten years ago. <laughs> I feel like everyone's talking about how this is such a not such a different Cena, but then it's very different for Cena and how he has uh, how he's been recently. But it seemed still kind of in character to his goody two shoesness in a way because while he. Is you know giving off that arrogant vibe and the mm-hmm. whole I'm gonna get whatever I want because I'm I'm John Cena recognized, which is really badass by the way. The way he ended that was just really cool. Um, he still reiterated that you know never giving up means mm. getting back up even if you get knocked down. So he still has like the whole you know goody two shoes values and he's just teaching kids how to be great and whatever. And it's just John Cena's always had that that bit of. Badassery. That's always that could be mistaken as arrogance, could be mistaken as kind of heelish attitude. But I still think he was still sticking true to his super. Yeah, I self. guess it was funny then that he his version of never give up or hustle is to you know come back and take whatever he wants. 
Yeah, or never give up to him means never giving way. Because oh. like, there is a new era. There's a whole new crop of young yeah. blood that are all hungry. Baron Corbin being one of the best examples of that. And here comes John Cena saying, oh no, all of you come back to the line. You, you'll be falling right behind me. I think, uh, I'm number one again. No, no, no. I think... Then I know I think he was justified then, and then I think we were forgetting this fact. Now he did lay out at the beginning of his promo that he was he felt offended by the fact that people were telling him or were talking about him in a way that that were right that was writing him off as now a part timer. In a way, I guess I can I can uh, get behind that. Uh, I think it put I think the chip for, on his shoulder. Yeah, I think we're forgetting that because hey, we're all focused on his rhetoric when he says, uh, you know, this is some new era bullshit. And, okay. Or like I'm John fucking Cena. Maybe again. maybe maybe what he needed to do was uh, to I guess emphasize a bit more that he was feeling offended that people were writing him off, which I think he does a good job of doing on Talking Smack. Because oh. if you if you base it on his performance in that opening promo oh, alone, yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be very there easy to go. see that John Cena's turning heel. But then when you see the whole picture, which a lot of people forget, because Talking Smack is more of like a supplementary uh, thing to consume. But it's also these days, you, know, you know, I mean, parang, it's also on him to lay it out there in that promo. Exactly, which is why the point is nagkulang si John Cena in okay, that promo fair alone. Enough, fair enough. I, I wish na he was able to lay everything out so he didn't need to expound on that on Talking Smack. Okay, so I didn't get to see Talking Smack. Uh, what were the highlights from his you know interview there that made you realize okay he's not turning heel so he goes on to actually apologize for the things he said about the rock <laughs> some four or five years ago seriously he does he does that's his character development then JBL okay. interviews him uh, and, and Cena says that he was sorry about what he said and that he understands that what the rock did ultimately was best for business hey well he should have said these things on air he should have yeah, yeah no, this, he should have this is like the ultimate full circle moment well, not in a, not the fullest circle, but it's character development that should have deserved some screen time. And it's it's even meta because you can tell how see John both the character and the person is understood. Now even he has to do these things now. Even he has exactly. to go on, on Saturday Night Live or on uh, Jimmy Kimmel or whatever show. Now he goes to promote WWE. Uh, he understands that now. Sayang eh, they blew they blew that opportunity to actually bring that out uh. on SmackDown. So he says that on Talking Smack. He also says now um, he's got that chip on his shoulder. Exactly what I said earlier, and that's what's really fueling him. That's what's motivating him. And that uh, while he recognizes that the new era is there, uh, he doesn't want people to forget that it's still his home because mm-hmm. he still is a full time WWE. That's, that's what he said. It's huge because if you look back, like at his at his at his, Summer, at his SummerSlam promo, like the big takeaway from the you know pre-fight package was yeah. uh, him reiterating that you know people are telling me that I'm doing so many other things now. I don't care about the WWE, but I do it for the kids and la la la. He says the I, same thing essentially. But I'm talking smack, which is which is strange. The funny thing though is that uh, he's saying these things, but I hope that he never leaves for an extended period of time after saying these. I'd like to think that he won't, because it's WrestleMania season. But uh, I, I, it, yeah, I'd like to think that he won't. But parang I have a feeling now that he's gonna be like Jericho and Rock. Like after he does his big match at WrestleMania, he will go away again to do some other shit. I. Wouldn't count that as a surprise if it happens, if you know what I mean. Because uh, uh, he's anyway, at that point in his career. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But what do we? Does is he now obligated to lay it out on the line? Okay, I have to do these things for, I guess, my branding. I guess for my brand, for maybe the WWE as well. I will go away after WrestleMania to, I guess, heal up and appear in other media. It's not like The Rock or Jericho. I'm definitely coming back after X amount of months. I thought you meant heal up like like actually no, heal no, no, up. No, no, no. I said heal the body. Yeah. Right? 
I think that is he gonna do that now? Like he has to say, "Nah, I'm coming back. Don't don't you worry about me." I'm not sure if he needs to or not, but I do think that he's put himself in a position where he kind of has to. Oh, I can say I think that's where Jericho and Rock uh, failed. That's why people kept um, people kept expecting them to never come back. Yeah, but when you think about Chris Jericho, for example, there's something about the way he works. Now you can tell he's in it for the long haul. Sure, like those times that he's been able to have a sustained run. Uh. Uh, like now. You, you can see, yeah, you can see the invest, uh, the investment that he puts in everything, even in, even in his body. Mm. When when he first came back earlier this year, he looked like such a dad bod. Oh no, man! But well, no, well, no, it was like uh, no. Actually, when he came back for this particular run, you could he, see the flabs in his. You could see the flabs, but it was he was looking in his best shape than in his previous returns. When did he come back officially, Royal Rumble? No, uh, before no right that. before the Royal Rumble. My December, last year. Oh yeah, because he was he, he showed up and he announced that he yeah. was going to be in the... Dude, he lasted way longer than... Oh yeah. Showing Iron Man. Yeah, he was the Iron Man of the, of the match too. But uh, you know, I was, I'm saying uh, he, he, looks, he looked in better shape in this particular return than in previous returns. So I guess the point I was trying to get at was that see, Jericho throughout this, uh, the run has, got, uh, has looked way and way better. Uh. Like when he came... By the time he came to Manila, he looked really good. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's true. So that's what I meant when I said, now you can tell that he's really investing. Whereas C-Rock, he shows up, you know it's a one-off. <laughs> There's just something about it now. You know it's not meant to last. Like, Excitement, well, we're, like we, the Bray Wyatt shit he did at Mania. We all understand now that The Rock is now a full-time major movie star. And a part-time superstar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of course, you know when he comes back, it's for a one-off. Because he has so many movies to film. He's literally like... What is he the highest grossing yes. mm-hmm. highest paid actor of last yes. year I think or this year? I would I would say that he's like the hottest thing right now. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. we we are all just living in the rocks world. Yeah. yeah. So um let, let's bring this back to Cena and let's ask the question now. If you take talking smack aside, oh. say, uh, let's call a spade a spade. It's still not main programming because yeah. it's not accessible to everyone outside of the network. It's not accessible to outside uh, to people who don't have the network, but it's still something that's referred to in in mainstream programming. Okay, okay, but let's let's set it aside and like let's take the Cena promo as it is. Oh. Uh, would that have justified an eventual Cena heel turn? Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely, yeah, even if you take into consideration yung pagka offended niya in people writing him off, that's still a fuel for a you know a heel turn for a super villain origin story. It definitely sets up a situation wherein you know the the eventual he will need to cheat to win, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But given how arrogant AJ Styles has been, all the hubris he's had as a character, mm. how would he have turned face in a setting like this? Mm, I think you just have to wrestle the way he does. But um, he's not a champ that runs the camp, so he, it's, he can say, he can now justify to Cena that while you were gone, I was here holding on the fort and I guess drawing for SmackDown, right? Yeah, Where have you true. been, yo? Yeah, AJ Styles, knowing him, he's just one promo away from yeah. and you can say that, you can you can have him call Cena entitled for coming back and just because he's a legend and all that just because he's uh, carried the WWE on his back for the past decade he does, doesn't mean he gets to be entitled to a championship match just like that I don't know if you guys noticed this but on Talking Smack Cena actually referred to AJ Styles as a young man <laughs> which is funny because they're the same age they're uh, both 38 it's just really really funny uh, well Jericho said the same thing about him yeah, but Jericho's forty six. Still, doesn't make. Yeah, it doesn't make AJ a whippersnapper. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get that. So yeah, uh, that, that's that's basically it for for SmackDown this week. On top of the fact that it was a great episode, na kahit three matches lang, walang tapon for sure. Was it, it was three a, matches? Yeah, just three matches. Okay. 
all title matches and then oh, that, yeah. th- that segment with Miz and Dean Ambrose mm. yeah um, I'm not sure if we talked about this last week but I just love how Renee Young is now an actual character instead mm. of a peripheral accessory I don't know though I, I'm still not sure about what they're doing with Renee um, I wish because uh, she would just stay out of the storylines Especially when it comes to Dean So it means to me Because saying that Okay you're running out of stuff for Dean So you have to throw in Renee I mean yes It provides actual uh, Additional fuel to the fire Of his feud with Miz And you know It makes Miz more of a Heel threat But to me It kind of feels lazy then I feel like they're boxing themselves in. Like after they're done with this Renee storyline. Okay, what now? Yeah, is Renee now officially what part of whatever Dean Ambrose yes, will be exactly, part of in the yes. future? Like she's still going to be an interview. She's still going to be a talking smack. So like, I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where they are going to use it for this storyline, but after it's done, they're going to pretend like it never happened. Neither I hope it. not. For, for me, I think they've been slowly incorporating her into the main canon as more than a sideline reporter. Because when you think about her being part of Total Divas, dun mm. palang. Status ni yeah, Renee they, Young. they don't acknowledge their relationship. Yes, there. they do. Are they do? Yes, they do. Okay, that's actually a talking point, and everything that is mentioned on talk on on Total Bellas or Total Divas mm. eventually makes its way to main roster programming. Anyway, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, I'd like to think that this year alone, they were already easing her in. To me, because it feels lazy because you don't you did this for for Dean for Renee for Nikki with Cena, but you don't do it for Cena because there are so many things you can do with Cena. Right. Right. But for these other people, there are is there really nothing you can do for them that you have to resort to the the crutch of their actual real personal lives? I feel like they're doing the same thing with Rusev on Raw. Like, oh yes, you know, yes, the whole exactly. Lot of there you go. So I feel like it's just something they throw to. But to be fair to man, to be fair to Rusev and Lana, they were actually you know an on screen pairing before all that happened. And I think the bigger problem with the Rusev Lana thing is that Rusev is defending the honor of his wife against the horn dog. Shaparin yung kupal, shapay masama. Yeah, it's that's, that's like the bigger that. problem yeah. with the Rusev storyline. So there. Uh, anything else that uh, uh, we should talk about on Raw or SmackDown, uh, like La Luchadora Sma- or Alexa Bliss's arm? Wait, oh, um, fuck! Yes, yes. <laughs> no, that was that was crazy. That was awesome. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Wait, so um, just to shift from the women's match, if that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, freaking American Alpha. Hell? Yes. What? 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 I I had no idea what was going to happen on SmackDown. I Neither watched, did I. I watched the Four Corners Elimination. I thought it was just going to be the typical, you know, um, wide family, yeah, wide family and then yeah. brings it to Royal Rumble or, or whatever. But then, what? American Apple just takes it. There's oh, one yeah. way I can justify the Wyatt's loss, and it's to give. Uh, I don't know to get them out of that complacency because if they win the titles and they feel like they're the shit, oh. right? And they feel like they're invincible, and then have them lose in their first title defense, essentially, or like their second title defense, and it exposes the cracks in the Wyatt family. The problem with that is that you, uh, as Rose said offline, uh, you fast track the split. You know your problem, don't because may you could be a good thing, but hey. you could have given them a sustained run of dominance, which I hope to see from the Wyatts. I think if this. If the Orton Whites thing started a little earlier, you wouldn't have seen this uh, happen this quickly. Because I think they they are fast tracking it, but when you do think about it, it's it still kind of makes it in time for WrestleMania if the end game is still Orton versus Wyatt. Right, right. Because first you go through Orton versus Harper because yes. they were the ones who had the tension after. Because you remember it was Orton and Bray who won the match, who won the titles for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you have Orton and Harper lose the championship, the championships, you have two of the 
family members turn on Harper. Yeah, or you can have Bray in between. Para oh, yeah, between yeah, yeah. these two guys. Yeah, so you fine. That's I know. That's I think that's enough material for Royal Rumble, and then uh, what's the next? Anna? Fast Lane. Fast Lane, but for Anna. Yeah, for I think it's Fast Lane. Yeah. All right, Fast Lane for SmackDown, and then that's where the turn happens, and then we get the last Orton Bray match for WrestleMania. I thought they were setting up uh, Luke Harper versus Bray Wyatt actually, because. I oh, kind of yeah. saw that you know um, oh, any of that works. Actually. Yeah, I see, I see it playing out in a way that like you know see Bray kind of favoring Orton a bit more because he did win the titles with Orton, true, and not with 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 Harper. So, and I see maybe like Harper losing faith in Bray a bit and kind of becoming his own thing. I feel like it would be beneficial for both of them. Sana lang ano um, uh, just to bring it back to the titles. I I hope they revive the American Alpha Usos feud just because they never resolved it. Yeah. So I think that would be. Uh, I think that's also one of the reasons why they moved the titles to American Alpha. But, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we were talking about this a couple of weeks back. Um, I asked you. Um, well, we were just talking about American Alpha losing so often when it came to you know tag team opportunities, and then you were like, "No, it's a good thing because they're building them up and everything." I figured they could have done it a bit more. Yes, I agree. Because then, mm, yeah. when they were doing their finishing sequence, but I mean, like popped them much when they won, but like the build up to it, but I'm seeing it was it was from out of nowhere for sure. Yeah. No yeah. pun intended. I I wish they'd saved it for a big show like WrestleMania. It would have been perfect. Then again, when you have two tag team you know, championships, I don't, I don't mind the the moment so much because it means that SmackDown really is must watch. No, I, I think naman, um I'm I'm okay with the result now because looking forward towards WrestleMania, we'll probably get what we had similar to twenty, where we had two fatal four way matches okay. for both tag team championships. <laughs> Na puro clusterfuck. So I, I guess I'll take this minor victory already. Okay. Also, who nearly broke his neck? <laughs> Uh, Gable, yeah, yeah. It's Gable, Chad Gable. Right? Jesus. yeah, yeah. Uh, but who nearly broke her arm? That was Alexa Bliss. That wasn't a break. It was she did that thing on purpose. Yeah, she did. Um, and and just to clarify, there are people who can actually do this. I have a cousin who whose arm is double jointed in that up, in the man. same way, and he would actually do it in front of people to mess with them. And I taught him. I taught him that you should do this as a conversation starter. People will naturally dr- be drawn ender, towards you. Mean? No, no, as a legitimate conversation starter. We actually did this in like the magic bay tournaments. Trick. Yeah, like, as a magic trick. So also though, we we would do it at the bait tournaments, and people would like crowd around him as if he were some circus animal. Mm. But then it would give him an excuse to talk to them. So it worked. <laughs> so like when I saw I guess, Alexa Bliss, I, guess do it, great. I wasn't awesome. as freaked out as the rest of you because no, I was not. used to it. No, because I saw I saw the th- I saw the picture before I saw the match because it was okay. obviously it was circulating on social media. Yeah, the moment it happened, like okay, what the hell is this? Okay, and then I saw it happen. I saw the spot, and like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's cold though. Getting, getting, yeah. Becky pulled off some uh, some some Mil Muertes shit during yeah. that match. No, no, no some Pentagon cool. shit. I'm sorry, Pentagon, but Pentagon, right? Yeah, that was actually pretty cool as well. So I like this feud now. Yeah, Homegirl been watching Lucha Underground. <laughs> well, ever since when she started using this armor, I guess. Yeah. All right, now uh, I guess it's time, right, to get to our annual awards. Is it? Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right. So here's how we're going to do it this year. In previous years, we've been soliciting your input uh, from the group. Then we realized, fuck your input. Well, <laughs> partly that, and mostly we want to have more control over what actually gets uh, the respective yeah, awards. So fuck your input. I, d- I don't know if you were there for like uh, two years ago, Bayon, when Gorgeous won Theme of the Year. People's Choice Theme of the Year. Yeah. Uh, Is it trolling the, you? As in the Tyler no, 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 B's no, no, theme. No, no, no. People legitimately liked it. Oh. Even when Camus Row and I did not, okay. so we were like, okay, well, we're probably gonna have to stop soliciting input for the awards 
at some point. At some and point. we realized at some point it was this year. Okay. Also because we forgot to do it earlier in December. No, it's fine. There you go. I didn't want to do it. Like, I had no desire to do it now. So we have several categories we'll be running through for this uh, for the SGP Awards. Uh, we'll run through the categories first as a whole, and then we'll go through them one by one. So we are going to be naming a Rookie of the Year, a Most Improved, Hashtag the Struggle, which we'll explain in a bit, 2016's Biggest Flop, or as I like to call it, the Bust of the Year. Uh, you also have the What the Fuck Moment of the Year. We should, name, we should rename the Biggest Flop Award now. Yeah, no, we no, should. What's legendary flop? Greg Oden. No, 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 no. In wrestling. In wrestling. wrestling. The great Kali. Oh, come on. Kali was a flop. No, 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 no. Come on. That's, 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 he was in the longest yard, man. Yeah. Uh, let's name, let's rename it the, 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 the Shockmaster Award. <laughs> Shocky. <laughs> the Shockmaster Flop Award. All the way back. Yeah, sure. The Shockmaster Flop Award. Uh, we have the What the Fuck Moment of the Year. Most Promising Wrestler of Next Year. Of Next Year, yes. Wrestling Podcast of the Year. Expression of the Year, Manager of the Year, Swerve of the Year, Promo of the Year, Best Team, Best Female Wrestler, Best Male Wrestler, and of course, the Match of the Year. All right, so let's start with our first award, which is Rookie of the Year. How do we define Rookie of the Year traditionally? All right, all right. it's hard to, I know, I know what you're thinking, it's hard to uh, classify rookies in the traditional sense in wrestling because by the time you watch these people, have the rookie years they've actually been wrestling for for more than a year right? unless they're Kurt fucking Angle unless they're Kurt Angle or Charlotte or Chad Gable or Matt Biddle but yes um, these are the the, re- the the pro wrestling rookies of the year are people who start in a bigger promotion than they were last year in this year so if you made the jump from NXT to the main roster you qualify for rookie of the year if you made the jump from NJPW to WWE like Gallows and Anderson, or, you qualify. Or yeah. AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, if you're Shinsuke Nakamura who went from NJPW oh, to NXT. Oh, right. Yeah. Return yeah. pala siya. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you're Nakamura, you don't qualify because NJPW is still bigger than NXT. Yeah. So just to make that clear. Um, if, if you're someone like Jeff Cobb who goes from relatively obscure, unknown indie worker to, go to Matanza to Matanza in Lucha Underground, you definitely qualify, which is why he is one of our nominees for Rookie of the Year. Right. Another nominee for Rookie of the Year is, as I said, AJ Styles. I, I think that's a given, given Jung definition. Mm-hmm. And then we have Alexa Bliss, SmackDown Women's Champion. So, uh, without further ado, the Rookie of the Year award goes to... Actually... I think split tie dito, so oh. I'm gonna have to ask Renzo to uh, oh, to break the tie because I gave my vote to Alexa Bliss. Ro here gave his vote to Matanza, so we're gonna have Renzo pick uh, either any other rookie you can think of or one of the two. I think he's gonna. This is pretty unfair because I'm in love with my choice. Okay, fine. <laughs> AJ Styles, it is. Matanza, it is. But considering that I never, I didn't get to see Matanza in action. Lucha That's Underground. Fine. Mm. Um, I don't have you know a basis for it, but definitely Alexa Bliss. Are you kidding me? Definitely. Yes. Yeah, Alexa Bliss. Uh, pr- she, she's probably one of those sleeper picks. Mm. Like if you look at it from the NBA standpoint, she's kind of like Isaiah Thomas, who you draft in the last in the last round, the last pick, and then she ends up being such a such a blue chipper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's what Alexa Bliss is right now. But she was drafted number forty-seven, I think, uh, back back in the draft. An afterthought, basically, and now she's the anchor of the women's division alongside Becky Lynch. Mm. But um, you, I think they were expecting to uh, to anchor the division around women like Natalia, uh, Becky Lynch, Naomi, even. 
maybe even Nikki Bella when they put Nikki Bella when they put Nikki Bella in the in the brand. But it's amazing how far Alexa Bliss has come from that spot in the in the draft. And uh, um, outside of you know the Miz's interview on Talking Smack, she probably had my favorite interview on Talking Smack when she was talking to Daniel Bryan. She was just, she played her character so well. She was quick on her feet, and she's just entertaining all around. What's best about Alexa Bliss is the fact that she was the third the third person in Blake and Murphy and Alexa, oh. and and she ended up being the the star. Whereas uh, Murphy and and Blake, uh, Blake are nowhere. Our jabronis yes. on NXT, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Matanza does deserve the, uh, the runner-up status though Because uh, look at him now He was Lucha Underground champion Still one of the hugest characters in Lucha Underground Even uh, even before he showed up mm-hmm. And he, he, Even though we don't always agree that he deserves his spot Yeah, uh, but he is a big deal And he wrestles like it mm. He does Right, now let's move on to our next category Which is the most improved wrestler of the year now, For this award, it's somebody who has improved uh, through different facets Whether mm-hmm. it's ring work Character work I would uh, I would argue that If you got a bigger opportunity Than you had last year And you made the most out of it Kind of like in the NBA mm. uh, You deserve the award as well Which is why people like McGrady deserved it Or uh, uh, Jimmy Butler deserved it mm. so, um, And that's why I would argue Someone like Kenny Omega Deserves to be a candidate mm. Because while We all knew the talent And the potential was there He needed that opportunity To step up in a bigger role And he uh, ran all the way To the moon with it Another uh, another candidate we have is Braun Strowman. Mm. Braun Strowman, who went from Wyatt family muscle to uh, the abominable Strowman of Monday Night Raw, and that's another it's more traditional, most improved. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, given more time, given more time to shine, and and uh, that's why he's in this position. We can't forget the Miz, mm. who had a who had a resurgence as a result of the brand split. And then there's Becky Lynch, who uh, we just mentioned earlier is one of the anchors of the SmackDown Women's Division. Who greatly improved after you know leaving the shadow of her other uh, NXT batchmates. Actually, yeah, I, uh, that was probably the best thing that happened to her. Because one of my complaints post draft was Shayna Hiwalai. Oh, and then, so that was fine. Yeah, and I, I think it was the best thing that could have happened to her. Absolutely. Can I add one more name to the nomination? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, as of this week, Baron Corbin. Okay, sure. Because um, I mean. I, yeah, I guess most improved. He's like his mini feud with Ziggler was entertaining. He had he had those matches with um, Kalista, was it? Mm. Yep. Which were like I feel like he he was given a chance to play you know the, the the scary heel for a while, and then as of this week, he sold a lot of people. I mean, I've been sold on him since you know mm. way back. But sure, then, sure, sure. As of this week, man, that main event he did it so well. All right, if we had to pick one guy from this list, because this is a hefty list, uh. five candidates. Who would you pick? Hmm. I would pick Becky Lynch because nobody, nobody ever picks Becky Lynch for anything. When we're talking about the Divas Revolution, uh, or the Women's always, Revolution, oh, fine, sorry, Women's Revolution, it's always uh, the the conversation always gravitates toward uh, Charlotte and Sasha Banks. And okay, fine, that's fine. Uh, they're also talented in their own different different ways. But I think Becky came to the main roster along with these girls as the most complete packaging. I believe that well she it also helps that she had the most experience coming from you know a childhood in in the UK where they train wrestlers earlier than most uh, other countries yeah she started at 15 exactly so uh, I know I knew that she always had a skill but you know it it as you said it takes you know leaving the shadow of your other two batchmates to actually shine and show the world what you've actually what you actually know 
It's funny because we already saw this as early as 2015 oh. That match she had with Sasha Banks at the May takeover mm. and, and we're seeing more and more of this And I think what makes Becky stand out in 2016 Is the organic development of the Becky Balboa character mm. Not necessarily the Becky Balboa nickname Because I think that's repug but no, I, Nobody says that anymore um, the, the, the whole underdog thing She's a real life underdog And she was able to incorporate that into her character Despite the fact that she is way bigger than Alexa Bliss <laughs> Than Naomi me than you know some of these other girls. So she's not the biggest though. She's not the biggest. Yeah, Nikki Bella para yung pinakamalaki, and you know Nia Jax was on Raw. But I'm just saying that it, it's sometimes hard to believe that someone who's really that ripped is an underdog, especially no, no, no. when you're it's bigger. Rip, rip isn't an indication of strength. It's not. It's just that she's just physically bigger. Like if you put Alexa and Becky side oh, by aesthetically, side, for sure, aesthetically, you know, Becky would probably squash oh, Alexa no man, no, no in man. real life. So you lang, I, I guess that's no, but you know, girls like Naomi and Natalia are also bigger than Becky for sure. We gotta give a shout out to Kenny Omega though, because as I said earlier, um, uh, he he'd always been very talented, but it took the departure of AJ Styles and then Gallows and Anderson for him mm. to step in as the leader of the Bullet Club and then the uh, and then the leader of his own mini group with the Bucks, the Elite, for him to get this far. Uh, he becomes the first Gaijin to win the G1 Climax. Mm-hmm. He's going to be main eventing Wrestle Kingdom next week. Just in a few days, right? Fuck you, Kamas, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so uh, we, we got to give Kenny Omega props for having ascended the, the, to this level of stardom. And um, I don't think he has any desire to go to WWE, but then again, I wouldn't mind seeing him there eventually. But uh, that's not, pro- not going to happen for a while. Right. Now, our next award is called Hashtag The Struggle. And the struggle is normally defined as someone who's been hamstrung by booking to the point that they are running in place. You have no idea what's happening to them. Previous recipients of this award have included Cesaro and Dolph Ziggler because if you remember in previous years, these two guys are probably the epitome of people who've just been running in place. Right, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, present this award because we could only really find the one guy you picked. The flop, no? No, or the, the struggle, struggle. The sorry. struggle. Not listening to Sorry, sorry. You see... The- you know, different in it. Anyway, uh, there's only one. We only nominated one person, though, and it's kind of sad because uh, when you look up and down the roster, there are a lot of different stories. Uh, you guys got, you know, uh, the vaude villains for one, uh, the fashion police, as they're now called. But I think the biggest struggle that we are looking at right now. But uh, you kind of, you kind of, anyway, when you think about it, you, when you see his work last year. It didn't really inspire any hope. But Apollo Crews is running in place right now. And presented as a blue chipper when he came into NXT. Drafted early, way too early on SmackDown. And presented as, uh, I guess, a possible contender for mid-card championships and never getting anywhere. And now re- reduced to a guy who still just smiles. And once had a gimmick of correcting people who thought his name was Apollo Creed. Uh, Apollo Crews is the guy they now count on to provide a good match but not actually win. Uh, provide a good title match and not actually win. So he's like the, neo, the new Ziggler. Yeah, pretty much. Or Ziggler Light. Uh, well, yeah. Ziggler, like I said, at least Ziggler had something to say about himself, right? Yeah, yeah. At least you can still get that passion from Ziggler. Apollo Crews, he's kind of just like. Yeah, I entered like a wrestling. I hope to win this. Have fun. That's about what did what did they do with him on NXT? Nothing then. 
Yeah. Nothing um, at still all. nothing? I actually thought he would be part of this new class that they'd build NXT around uh-huh. with Balor's departure. And then he got called up like right after Mania, right? So it's a little bit And that call-up the night after Mania is normally reserved for for stars that you know will make a huge impact. Let me get this straight, though. I mean, uh, I do not deny that Apollo Crews has the talents to... To you know, to make it big in the main roster. That's the sad part, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, that's why it's also a struggle that he can actually he can actually succeed in in this deep in this deep pool, but they don't give him the tools to swim. It's sad because he he's getting a worse a worse draw than Lashley did. Uh-huh. But, uh, a, a lot of people see him as this generation's Lashley. But Lashley at least had that winning streak, mm. so he had that storyline. Whereas Apollo Cruz, he literally has nothing. Uh-huh. When you say Apollo Cruz, I I can't think of anything going for him right now. I mean, now. I I know I'm gonna be in for a good match, but uh, other than that, I know he's not gonna win either. Yeah. And that's not good. Right. Um, anything else on Apollo? Sad, just sad. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Shockmaster flop of the year. So, but I'm in this. Actually, yeah, there are several. I wanted to nominate Brock Lesnar for this category, and for good reason. I also nominated Finn Balor mm-hmm. because there were so many expectations for his call up, but the injury derailed him. And let, let's let's admit it: people like Greg Oden and Sam Bowie are called busts, even though the injuries were out of their control. So, going by that logic, Balor is a candidate. And then there's WrestleMania 32, the the show as a whole. Yes, and you, I don't I don't think we have to explain why that is a nomination. No, but I think there are there are certain people who might need an explanation. Okay. Even, yeah, and then there's Roman Reigns, who is a dark horse candidate to win the award. All right, uh, I think you and I have different votes for this again, so we'll have Renzo also cast a vote. Uh, since it, this isn't unanimous, we're, we're taking a look at WrestleMania 32 as a whole, meaning as a, as a show, yes. as a show on its own, not as, as as a spectacle as the biggest WrestleMania ever, as they promoted it. Yeah, my vote actually goes to WrestleMania. That's my biggest flop of the year. Yours is Reigns, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I I I, I was the one who suggested WrestleMania, but then looking back at Reigns' career, I would say that I would give the vote to him this year. Really? Why Reigns? Okay, uh, thank you for asking. Though um, they, the entire, the entirety of last year, and I guess the post Shield breakup was a setup for Reigns' in it. Uh, Reigns' huge singles career, and that was supposed to culminate and start this year after WrestleMania when he uh, finally get got his redemption moment against Triple H, and you know won the championship at the main event, but. As we all know, it ended up going nowhere. He lost a lot of steam. He lost momentum as a babyface. And it's also mostly because, one, people like to boo him. And it's also because creative really did him dirty. Uh, wait, sorry. Were you going to say something? All right. Um, and where he is now, he's now what? He's holding a mid-card championship. He is... Which he doesn't defend. Which he doesn't defend. He, he His last feud before this one was a feud where he thought he was the babyface but he was actually a dick and now he feels like a filler feud for a champion who exhausted all his other possible contenders no let's not forget the fact that he and Rollins are actually bullies against against Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens right now like in the perfect world Owens and Jericho would be the good guys Uh, Rollins and Reigns parang, uh, I mean, like, away sila, and they came back together because, oh, hey, two new victims we can bully together. <laughs> Let's beat them up. But anyway, yes. Uh, it was supposed to be... Uh, Reigns was supposed to be the poster boy the entire year. 
and then Seth came back. People love Seth, and then they made Seth the top babyface for a while, and then uh, Seth got derailed. But that's another story. And now Reigns was left to hold down the fort elsewhere, but now they can't count on him to be more than a mid-card babyface. When all it took for him was to be a heel, and everything would have been a lot easier for him. The thing about WrestleMania, man, like uh, the case for Mania is one that horrible Brock Lesnar match, which oh, yeah, nobody sure. gave a shit about. Oh, yeah. Two, uh, needlessly burying the New Day and the Wyatts mm. on the same night. Nah, you know these two teams are supposed to be on the rise, and you halt their momentum right there by old guys mm-hmm. who don't regularly show up on TV. Uh, three, the Hell in a Cell match, which meant absolutely nothing by oh, the yeah, next yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. But that's including if you if you include the next the following weeks. We're looking at that as just like on its own, right? As a spectacle. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that uh, I mean, as a spectacle, that but my ramifications. Yeah, as, as a culmination of an entire year's worth of, of okay. storylines. Yeah, but like uh, you know, the the Hell in a Cell match failed to do its purpose. It failed to serve the fact that it will well, cast it served Shane the purpose out. of being what the the OMG moment for Shane by a Shane. Yeah. But other than that It didn't change, help his case It didn't change the status quo one bit Yeah But so it did But not because of the match And not the way it was supposed to Yep So that's number three uh, Number four is It was so long and tiring Yeah mm-hmm. Now A lot of people got heat That they didn't necessarily deserve mm-hmm. Raise his hand <laughs> so that was us Yeah uh, So yeah, there. Fuck you <laughs> Fuck you fuck all you. dead fans Nobody watches the show now anyway Yeah <laughs> So those are just four of the reasons to, uh, Oh five that Uninspiring main event Yeah Oh yeah That also that nobody also gave a shit about So five big reasons Now the only things really worth talking about uh, In a positive way About the show Were the women's match And the, the intercontinental match. title ladder match Snoop Dogg And Snoop Dogg That's sad that that's the highlight <laughs> Yes Okay but um, I would pick 32 WrestleMania 32 Okay And I would actually disagree with, with your uh, nomination hmm. of Roman Because okay. I mean I guess you could say that he did kind of had a Shockmaster f- um, flop year, but he surprised a lot of people. He made a lot of people, uh, you know. In what way? Um, his great feud with AJ. Okay. He had some yeah, really yeah, good yeah, matches, sure, and I feel like he was used as a stepping stone for, for the For AJ, though. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, but then also. No, it like, was, no, everything was leading up to him being the guy, you know, as Roman, he was Roman, saying. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Roman. 2016 was supposed to be his year. Cause the entire 2015 and parts of 2014 were all, you know, were all a journey for him to ascend to the next level. And he got it for a while, and then it just couldn't take off because of how they booked him and how how stubborn they were with him and his character I guess if you view it like like that like if you look at his uh, development in terms of his story and character then yeah it is a bit of a flop but uh, well, a hell of a flop uh, rather but him if we look at it uh, in a way that we see how he was used in relation to other like the, again the AJ mm-hmm. story was great and the fact that they needed to take the title off of someone Rollins did it and then Ambrose cashed in right. I just feel like he was part of a lot of Either solid matches or solid moments throughout the year that he does not, I guess you know, deserve the nomination for this for this award. I mean, if you compare it to something as oh yeah, shitty sure. as thirty two, no, Roman doesn't no, no, come no. anywhere. No. My TLDR for the nomination is that you 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 sum it up as him being a a good role player, but he wasn't supposed to be a role player. He was supposed to be a star player. Okay, okay, yeah. Expectations versus what yep. came out. Yeah, yeah, okay, pretty much. All right, so I guess uh, WrestleMania 32 receives our flop of the year award, which is also not a bad, no, no. 
Yeah, I think this is the first time we gave a show an award. Hmm. Yeah. I would, I mean, if it weren't for Cena and Styles, I would nominate for, uh, SummerSlam. Really? Like that. SummerSlam was not bad. Yeah, SummerSlam was okay. But then if you, again, as a spectacle, as how we're supposed to treat it. Oh. Oh, it wasn't two, bad. The two title matches were just, were not. What? I mean, they weren't as well received as, but they, as were they so should have been. They were. They were not what we see as they should have been, but it was no, no way. I think people love the universe. Yeah, the, the Battle Rollins match was really great. I, yeah, it was. It was good. Um, I guess I'm just focusing more on the uh, the Ambrose Ziggler match, which mm. is yeah, because right. they, uh, they they mailed it in for that one. I think you know, mailed it in. I think they were trying, but they couldn't ascend to that next level. Mm. Alright, uh, next award We've got the What the fuck moment of the year And for this one There are only three candidates really First, you've got Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg From Survivor Series Second, The New Day Versus the Wyatts In the Wyatt Compound And third, the reason for the second one The Final Deletion <laughs> And I think it's pretty obvious Which wins yeah. the award this year It's the Final Deletion uh, I think this match Or if we can even call it a match It embodies... It perfectly embodies the what the fuck sentiment. But I, I think it's the first time we're going to award the what the fuck moment award in a good way. Yeah. Because um, I, I'm not sure if it was Maro uh, who, who said this. He wrote, this. The, no, he wrote no, no, the thing. No, but I think he said something about the final deletion being the avant-garde equivalent of, <laughs> in, in the pro wrestling world. Yeah, experimental yeah. wrestling. Like yes. Experimental yes. film. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, it, it spawned so many memes from the fleet of aerial assault uh on in planes or some shit drones right. drones yeah, yeah. yeah. To, land, uh, to Vanguard 1 to King Maxwell <laughs> to Senor boat. Benjamin dilapidated boat uh, to <laughs> Jeff Hardy Jeff Brother fucking Hardy Nero. being the guy to say what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> which I thought was the most ironic uh, part of it all yeah that's true actually yeah <laughs> no, I, uh, when Brother Nero is the one asking what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> you can tell something is really really wrong so, um, Brother Nero. I enjoyed watching it. I watched it with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, who'd been wondering what had happened to the Hardys all this time. Oh, here, this is what happened to them. Watch his final deletion. <laughs> and the one thing he says after the whole thing, he goes, Tangena, and he walks out of the room. <laughs> Which is the appropriate reaction, the appropriate initial reaction. That, that is you, actually the what the fuck yeah. moment of the. And then you of, come of, back of, and you're like, amazing. this is fucking amazing. Like, what, what the hell? Well, is no, this? if you're old like his dad, I don't think you would have space. In your imagination To find it amazing Yeah <laughs> He was just like What the fuck There was a swanton bomb From the ladder Onto the sand There were fireworks <laughs> From the tree From the fucking tree Inabot sila ng madaling araw And Fucking Willow Yeah Turn, turn, turn to the Senor Benjamin What the hell <laughs> And then it spawned a parody in New Day versus Wyatt in the in the compound. No, it was going to be called a parody. No, you it can't par- call it a parody. They, copied, it, it they was, tried to copy it. They tried to copy it for all the wrong reasons, and you know, in, in all the wrong ways. It wasn't a parody because it it was something they took super seriously. It's like a great use of the meme now. Yung best pakoyapan ng homework, pero hindi dapat sakto sa homework ko. That's you show that. And I think I think the Wyatt compound segment was what ultimately made us not care about New Day versus mm-hmm. Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Like that was the moment when it jumped the shark, mm-hmm. which is sad, dude, because they had the whole uh, Xavier Woods. Oh yeah, that, 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 that bit of know. it, that little thing. Yeah. Yes, which now nobody even remembers. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding sad, me. Yeah, jeez, that, that sucks so bad. I mean, the, the the compound match sucks so bad, and the way they handled the whole thing. All right, they thought. No, I think I think they thought that if. 
they, they, they watched the final deletion and then they thought, now, hey, if we do this the serious way, maybe we can do it better. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so absurd. There was no other way you can do it other than absurd. Yeah. Now, let's... Vince old. <laughs> let's move on to the next award, which is the most promising wrestler. So this is something inherently more positive. It's hard because a promising wrestler. We've promise, basically. So uh, some of the contenders we have are American Alpha, who are now tag team champions. And I think when we included them in this list... I oh don't yeah, think, that was like a few days ago. Yeah, before they won the titles. <laughs> so I'm not sure if they still qualify. Another contender is Cedric Alexander, mm-hmm. who as much as I love Cedric, I don't, I don't want to fully get behind. Because I don't want to get behind any of the cruiserweights right uh, now. Yeah, that's true. I can't blame you. Yeah. So I don't want to uh, give him that award either. Um, you know what? No. You know what? I, I have someone in mind for most promising. El Dragon Azteca Jr. Really though? Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't mind giving or, or, or putting his name in there as as a nominee, just because I couldn't get behind Cedric. Sure. Maybe American Alpha puede pa. I, I don't know about you, Renzo. Um, if did you have someone in mind or someone among the nominees? Anyone? Maybe? NXT even? I don't know. Uh, American Alpha. I mean, I I would go back to um, we talked about them earlier, Braun and and Baron. Did okay. They, did yeah, they, did yeah. They yeah. I think they can't. They haven't done anything of note. This year, I mean, you know, they're only getting built up. I mean, Braun for me has has All gone from just snooze fest to one of the most bigger positives yeah. of Raw, which isn't, I guess, saying a lot right now. But then um, they really like for for someone that started off as supposedly a, a Green, threat, yeah. and they, he ended up becoming like a just complete non-threatening person, and then they turned him back into a threat, which is typically impossible to do. I feel like that's that's great. Yeah, I can. Okay. I, I can get behind. Yeah, Braun. I can get behind Braun as well. Yeah, so Ori Badaya with Braun Strowman sure, winning sure, this sure. award. Mm-hmm. All right, and the award goes to Braun Strowman. Congratulations, big man! I want to see how how better he does next year. Yeah. Yeah. All right, wrestling podcast of the year. This is kind of difficult because uh, I actually have one candidate for this one. Okay, go ahead. And I'll, it'll have to be the offshoot podcast, the Masked Man Show. Really though? Yes, yes. Have you even listened to yes, it? Yes, I have listened to okay, it. Okay, because I enjoy it. I enjoy it way more than Cheap Heat these days. Yeah, but that's not hard to say. But, uh, but there aren't a lot of wrestling podcasts that aren't interviews with personalities. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't listen to the Sam Roberts show. I don't listen to uh, Austin's recaps with Wade Keller. You don't so, have to listen to Austin's recaps with Wade Keller. Yeah, which is why there aren't a lot to choose from. And which is why I would actually give it to Shoemaker. Because uh, I like the revolving door of guests mm. um, They all have something unique to offer Like I like Steve Kazee's character-driven uh, insights Even though sometimes they tend to be shallow uh, I enjoy LaToya Ferguson's insights as well mm. Just because LaToya Ferguson does the reviews AV for the AV Club Yes, yeah. there you go So um, it, it's a different point of view uh, One, because she's a woman And two, because... Um, Fine, I, I get the, I get the argument that it's not as engaging because Shoemaker isn't a good anchor. Yeah, yeah. So I I get that. I mean Rosenberg will beat Shoemaker uh, any day of the week, but in terms of content and getting me to think about the medium, absolutely yes, yes. The Mass Man Show will take that. Can I just have a moment of self awareness here? I think wrestling podcast jumped the shark this year. Yeah. How so? Uh, well, first of all, everyone is doing them now. Every, re- I mean, a lot of wrestlers are doing that. Did you know that Lillian Garcia has <laughs> her own podcast? Yes, it's called Making Their Way to the Ring. Uh, Ric Flair oh. also had his. Uh, I, I had no idea Ric Flair had one. Yes, Ric Pero Flair. Was, dude, he could barely talk. Like when he would do promos back. I, then. No, 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 he could barely talk when he was old, because he sounded drunk. Yeah. yeah. 
No, but uh, and now you know, Grickfest is totally cringeworthy now. Nito may may co-host naman siya, so he has someone to steer the discussions whenever he goes off tangent. Yeah. The yeah. problem with Flair's podcast is he doesn't have a filter. Yeah. Exactly. So when he talks to someone, when he talks to someone like Tori Wilson, he mentions the fact that he sent her a fucking dick pic. Oh, how classy. Gross. Uh, very classy. Uh, Conan has a podcast. Conan now. has a podcast. Yeah. Well, part of the MLW network. Uh, well, obviously you got Jericho and Gallows and Anderson have a podcast. No, no, no. Yes, no, that was do. before though. No, they still do it every now and then. Yeah, on Jericho's podcast. On Jericho's podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay, so they're like better a better subset. Better yeah, on, on MLW Radio. Yeah, Very MVP has a podcast. MVP, Taz has a podcast for the, that started last year, I think. Yeah, so almost everybody has a podcast. We even here podcast. in the Philippines, yeah. even here in the Philippines, there are actual, actually two other, other podcasts. We one see them, you. Yeah, one of them listens to us on the regular. What's up, Martin? Yeah, and the other one actually likes our posts. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so so we see them And I, I can't blame But I, I can't blame them But you know when, when you've been working On this project At least in our case uh, For the last three years It's kind of hard To let it go Well And I know uh, the, the reason why I cite the, the oversaturation Of wrestling podcasts It's now uh, It now Creates a scenario Where there are Too many to listen to Like The same way That there's too much Wrestling to watch Now there's too much Podcasts to listen to so you really just pick and choose, like if you oh. like the guest or if you like the subject matter they'll be tackling for the week. I think I think though that the new wrestlers uh, starting their own podcast, I think it's hard for them to get into the into into the swat, into the the rhythm of doing a podcast until unless they're actually good at cutting promos. Yeah, and even then, it's not even a guarantee. Or even if they know how to talk, like Lillian knows how to talk, naman talaga. Oh. So for her, it ca- it became easy. Okay, it's it's not as hard a transition as say Ric Flair or Conan. Oh. I think uh, I think the reason why Jericho and Austin have such longevity is because they knew how to carry a podcast from the beginning, from the very beginning. And they didn't limit themselves to wrestling. Uh-oh. See, Austin talks to anybody he yeah. can find. Jesus Christ. Jericho is kind of the same. He ta- he once talked to an Ouija board master. <laughs> uh, he talks to his 10-year-old son, Ash, on the regular. So week, uh, and sometimes he has rock stars. Like my, One of my favorite favorite episodes is Mark Tremonti from Creed and Alter Bridge. So, uh, I think I'm not sure if he had like Slash there once or something. But he, he, had, uh, he, he had people from Kiss and Guns N' Roses mm. and all these, all these uh, rock bands. So, yeah. Um, I think we can move on from wrestling podcast of the year. Wait, so who gets it officially? Uh, well, yeah, let's let's give the shoemaker. Yeah, Mass Mantra. I mean, okay, I will respect shoemaker because I respect him as a writer and as a wrestling thinker. Yeah, right. Next, uh, next award we've got expression of the year. So this is all about the chants. It's all oh. about the fans and mm. the things we say. Actually, it's not just the chants; also the catchphrases. But we also did not nominate any catchphrases. So there were not much new. Catchphrases this year. Boss employee came out this year. Let me just say that. Okay. Is your own? Yes, I rewatched the the January show, which is for free, by the way, on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you can catch PWR live for free on YouTube in its entirety. Pero, pero walang it halos, came out this year. Halos walang bagong catchphrase na mabasa niyo. Uh, no, not really. No. Nah. No and new ones. No new ones. Yeah, not not I mean, not a like, lot of new ones. Enzo and Cass, you've been hearing them yeah, for exactly. for years. That's what I was thinking too. Sparkle crotch no, not really. That's not, that didn't take off. Yeah. Face that runs the place. Oh no! Drink camp. it in, man! Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That came true. out this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was good. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say drink it in, man, is is a candidate. And you just made the list. But uh, the whole Jericho. Actually, all yeah, the, yeah. Variants, the, the, the whole the anthology. Jericho. Mm-hmm. No. 
the, the 2016 Jericho soundbites. Yeah. Like, you just made the list. Uh, the gift of Jericho. Drink it in, man. Yeah, yes. There, that's a nominee. And the hug of Jericho. Bring it in, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of variations. Uh, 10, as in the Ty Dillinger 10, yeah, yeah. is a definite candidate. Because every WWE event now, when there's a count out or when the referee starts counting, by default, it's just 10. Yes, and 10. now I'm totally confused. <laughs> yes, yeah, so am I. <laughs> so, that's, that, that's an expression. Another one which is underrated is One Fall, yeah. which is something I first heard in the UK. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it goes around UK uh, wrestling. That was right? that isn't as high key though. That's very low key. Yeah, and you have to give props an announcer like Mike Rome, hmm. who knows that this chant is going on, so he's self aware enough to stop for a beat, let that chant happen, and then continue forward. Because if you have someone like Andrea DeMarco from NXT also, who hmm. doesn't do a good job at all, she would probably just tasagasaan ng yun. Uh, I, I heard oh, this Creepy Greg does the same thing That's our sign I I don't know I, I haven't noticed With Creepy Greg No Creepy Greg just keeps going <laughs> Fuck uh, I, I noticed this at ICW When I watched uh, That show in London The following contest Is scheduled for one fall One fall And I was trying to get Poch to do the same here In, in PWR Do people do it here? No It hasn't caught on uh, Yeah So why would he do it? I don't know I, I, I tried Give him the opportunity I Yeah, guess. yeah. So I mean, like, Stop for a beat Poch I told him that And then nothing thing. happens And then nothing <laughs> happened Yeah So uh, you know Like the next match You just completely forgot about it so yeah, so there. One fall actually is pretty cool. And the last nominee is Fight Forever, mm. which we thought we would only hear once ever, which is during Nakamura yeah. Zane. But we've heard it a few times yeah. since. You've heard it in WWE. You've heard it in PWR. Yeah. If you'd be surprised, uh, it's catching on. But it's also gonna run the way of this is awesome, where people who want to say this is awesome just say Fight Forever instead. But, uh, and, and that leads to possible overuse of the word of the phrase. I, f- I feel like since this is awesome is still being used, like fight forever is like the emergency, like break glass in case of emergency. Like use fight forever if you do enjoy the match like that much, I guess. But then, do you really see it being used like overused? I mean, uh, not even overused, but more of people don't uh, discern it, discern the use properly. Yeah, um, in Tipong, you should really save chants like Fight Forever and This Is Awesome for the really special matches. Mm, yeah. Like, even if only Lorican and Cien Almas can give me a really, really good match, I probably wouldn't still chant Fight Forever. I would have to save it for, say, Nakamura AJ or AJ Samoa Joe or Owens Zane. Like, yung mga landmark rivalries that we finally get to see on a big stage. But that being said, who are, or which chant are you giving your, your award to? Hmm. It's a lot, though. Uh, actually, no. You can discern between a, like ten is fun, it but it gets annoying, uh, and it co-opts the match. Yeah, it co-opts the match. One fall is subversive enough, but, uh, but it only ever happens in the UK. Yeah. No, no. In the no, US, it, it, it also happens, it happens in NXT. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. On the next team. Um I would say, uh, well, my personal vote is I do like saying Fight Forever, though, despite the problems I have with it. So I'm voting for Fight Forever. My vote goes to Jericho, just so we can recognize his, his late oh, career sure. resurgence. Okay. So I'm going to have to give mine to Jericho. Uh, Fight Forever goes. Yeah, all right. Definitely. So uh, the official award then goes to Fight Forever. Let's go to Manager of the Year. And normally, this has always been a shoe-in for Paul Heyman, the way Coach of the Year should be for Greg Popovich of the Spurs. <laughs> but this year, Paul Heyman just wasn't there. 
Uh, he wasn't uh, there it enough. It was his fault then. Yeah, uh, there just wasn't a lot of material for him to work with. So we're going to have to narrow it down to two uh, candidates. The first being Maurice, who came back the night after WrestleMania mm-hmm. and has since been a very important part of the Miz's character. And the second is Paul Ellering, who returned and introduced the Authors of Pain. I would also nominate Xavier Woods just because he is still an amazing Mike guy and he still, uh, by, also by default, he still plays a third man. Yeah. Right. So I, from the looks of this discussion, I don't think it's a unanimous vote either. So my vote, uh, I'll start with my vote. It goes to Maurice. I'm going to vote Xavier. Uh, Maurice, I think. She brings back the, the nostalgic, yeah. Yeah, heel for, the heel manager from way back. And it's, like it's it's annoying in a way that you you're not turned off from watching. It's okay. annoying. You're like, okay, now I want to see the other guy win more. Like I feel like she was such a huge part of what made the No Mercy match so sick because you know, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think what is really special about the Maurice character now is that she gets it. Uh, she gets who she is. She gets what she's there to do. She's eye candy, but she's the eye candy now. No, you're going to be jealous of me and my husband. You stay away. And it's kind of like what Lana does. To, and you have to uh, and you have to be cautious of her. Yes. And she's kind of low-key like as of, as of late, huh? Mm. She's not as in-your-face as she was before. Yeah. Uh, she can be a delicate character. Which will which will be which will make her an Achilles heel to the Miz, but while she's at the top of her game, she's every bit as dangerous as the Miz himself. So essentially, when you're going up against the Miz, it's really two on one. Like that's that's the vibe. Even though every other manager gives off that feel, must active see Maurice as opposed to Lana in 2016. Mm, absolutely, yes. So uh, yeah, there. So officially, the award then goes to Mrs. Mizanin. Right, we are down to some of the major awards now. Just six awards left before we cap off this award show. Six awards left. Yeah, but these are the really big ones. Okay. So let's start with Swerve of the Year, which I think for this oh, one yeah, is a unanimous, unanimous choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg at Survivor Series. All 84 or 86 seconds of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't man. think we have to go into detail. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Much. No. Yeah. Let's move on to Promo of the Year. Are there any... Candidates off the top of your head before we get to the, li- to the list. Well, you mean like runners up because we all know there's an obvious winner. I don't know. Um, I don't know if Are you, you have... thinking. Like, yeah, we're thinking? what we're thinking. Uh, I'm, uh, I'll just say it. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh. thinking Mrs. Mrs. Oh, promo yeah. on Talking Smack. All right. Yeah. Okay. In that case, it's a unanimous pick. Pretty much. Yeah. The Mrs. Work shoot on Daniel Bryan uh, on Talking Smack from August 23, 2016 is promo of the year. We've we've talked about this several times, right? The fact that it. Sparked a whole lot of conversations A uh. whole lot of debates I enjoyed Cesaro's take on it When I asked him about it uh, At the press conference mm. locally He gave a very level-headed take But you could tell then uh, uh, Just as a quick aside You could tell he was giving me the safe answer Like if I was having this conversation with him Either he didn't a WWE superstar Or off the record He would probably tell me a different, different thing but I think uh, the, the beauty of Mrs. Promo is that it not only illustrates what he goes through, or, or you know, what he feels when he's out there, and when fans t- talk about him like that, it also opens up an entire can of worms that I don't know. Wrestling fans either don't want to admit is there, or don't know enough that it's there. But I don't, they don't understand that these are the. This is the choice that. Uh, in the this is a meta choice that wrestlers have to grapple with whenever they wrestle at any level. Actually, like, do you go for? We we, we talked about this at length on the same podcast. Yeah. Like, do you go for glory and risk your entire body, your entire well being in the process, or do you 
do like Miz and wrestle safely, but uh, have the longevity, yeah, prolong your career. And to add on to that, he did something that is so difficult to do now for wrestling and wrestling fans, uh, which is blur the lines between reality mm. and, and kayfabe. Because usually, you know, it's only injuries that kind of make you think, oh shit, okay, so it's kind of like I guess that really did happen. But then when his promo happened, everyone was really wondering and talking about it and it really made everyone question people who would be usually so sure if it w- if it was a, a shoot or you know for being worked mm. they started to question themselves and question the whole thing but I think uh, when you say blue the lines I think I think he really veered into reality territory there but you I don't think you can say this as uh, as a character and not mean it the way you say it Especially since a lot of us know Mrs. Backstory. Like, we know how he'd been treated. We know how uh, 2006 or seven, I think, he was exiled from the locker room and made the change in the hall. That, that's actually a, a part of Mrs. Story in yeah. real life. Uh, he came from being a tough enough runner-up that people didn't give a shit about. And he just kept working and working and working until he got to this point where people give a damn about mm. him. As opposed to, say, the Daniel Bryans, the Chris Benoit, Nigel mm. McGuinnesses of the world who had short lives and careers because of the way that they wrestled. Mm. But, you know, people love them more. Yeah. Well, probably not Benoit, but, you know. Yeah, no, people still cape for Benoit yeah, because yeah. of how he was as a wrestler. Right, right. So that uh, that dichotomy, that debate, is really the most interesting gift that we got uh, out of the Talking Smack promo. And I don't know, I don't know if uh, I, well, I do know that they were going for that particular sentiment, that particular debate. But I don't know if they intended to really open up the philosoph- the philosophical question in the sport. I think it was a good thing that they did, uh, regardless of the intent or regardless of their awareness about uh, going about it. It was supposed to, you know, it was supposed to set up the Miz versus Brian feud, or and and to set up Talking Smack as a must see event. Oh yeah, because hey, you gotta admit, after that promo, a lot of people just went straight to Talking Smack mm. right after SmackDown. Uh, it, it, it's kind of plateaued since, but yeah. it did set the tone still, for, yeah, for the show. show. It's still a solid show to watch as part of the SmackDown canon. Yeah. Um, with that being said, you know what? I just wanna I, I want to introduce a new category. Okay. Right now, which is show of the year or new show of the year? Wait, are we moving on? Because I have, a, I think I have a runner-up nom- nominee for, um, promo? for promo of the year. Oh, I see. Okay, well, so we didn't mention surprisingly, um, Dolph Ziggler's promo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, before so okay, uh, that's a great runner-up. That's yeah. a great runner-up. But, but I did not mention. I w- nobody nominated it because uh, at, after that, Dolph started to cut the same promo like almost every week on SmackDown. Okay. So he didn't do special. Yeah, he didn't do special, and then he started to deliver it in this kitschy action star way that kind of tells you that he, he's trying to be a budget, you know, That's action true. hero. Unlike unlike the Miz, who you know kind of found a way to still continue that mm. that uh, the the vibe from that promo while you know not really. But um, it, it worked for Miz to be a cartoony villain, but it doesn't work for Ziggler that much to be a cartoony face. Yeah, and you could single out the Miz promo, I say. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the the Dolph promo isn't as unique anymore. But the, uh, just, I mean, considering the fact that the crowd was pretty much dead at the start of that, and then oh, yeah, by yeah. the end of it, he had oh, yeah, everyone cheering, like cheering for him like crazy and mentioned his cheerleader. Past, I, which is I do think then that um, he went that well too many times. Yeah, I, I would agree though. And it's a great runner-up uh, pick, so I'm not gonna argue there. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring up Show of the Year is because there were some new shows that popped up this year that I think are worth okay. mentioning, uh, like Talking Smack, 205 Live. But really quickly, I think we can all agree the Cruiserweight Classic takes home oh, yeah, sure. new show of the year. 
mm. right? Because of all the great wrestling we saw uh, The new wrestlers we were introduced to At least for those of you who don't, uh, who don't follow indie wrestling So, you know, um, uh, that's why it deserves a shout out Now, uh, we are down to the final four Let's go to team of the year The short list consists of the New Day and the Revival Hmm are there any other teams that are worth nominating, like something like the Worldwide Underground or? Uh, well, the Young Bucks are, are yeah the Young Bucks for nomination here. Yes, yes. Um, other tag teams though. Hmm. Well, Is Red Dragon up for a nomination? Here? No, no, no. It's, they're not. They're not. Uh, if you really want to talk about the top teams in the business right now, then yes, those those three are the most relevant at the moment. So you've got the New Day, the Young Bucks, and the Revival, mm. right? Um, oh, wait, no, no, no. I wanna, I wanna nominate in a DIY. Okay, because they sure they took a part time job and ran all the way with it together. Uh huh. Okay, so yeah, so we got four nominees: DIY, the Young Bucks, the Revival, and the New Day. Uh, let's do this individual vote to let. Okay. Yeah, let's start with Renzo. The New Day for sure. Hmm. Okay, I will agree with that because uh, they turned. They, uh, you know, it's still amazing how far they've gone, turning uh, a shitty gimmick into something that's marketing gold. That the the, the WWE wants to keep making merchandise for them. But uh, as um, as a team that really figures out their co- their fundamentals and really gets what it's like to work as a team in this day and age, especially. I would vote for the revival. Yeah, I would have to vote for the revival for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Also, because the New Day act went stale. Uh, At some point, I I just got tired of seeing the New Day. They're dominant and they're good for sure. Uh, it's strange uh, to be a team that is both entertaining as characters and uh, entertaining to watch in the ring. And of course, all three men are talented in that in that stable. But uh, you also do gotta you do gotta factor in the 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 saturation. They jumped the shark this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. They did. I, I will agree. So, uh, but the revival haven't. The revival. They they are what their name is. They mm. really revived old school tag team wrestling from their in ring work, cutting the ring in half, to working on a body part, to the fact that they're such uh, gnarly grit and grind heels. They're slightly inconsistent on this year, but that's because of things out of their control. Like uh, one of them is injured at the moment, and uh, they had to lose the championship for, and they had to pull out of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And it's fine because um, at the end of the day, though, the revival is what we want to see in tag team wrestling. Yeah. And, well, they are the only tag team to be two-time NXT tag team mm-hmm. champions. So that also says something about their work. So, yeah, 2-1, uh, the revival. Yeah. All right. Team of the year goes to the revival. Let's talk about the women now because we are go- going to be naming our female wrestler of the year. And I think this one isn't, uh, isn't a unanimous pick uh. either. So here are our nominees. Let's narrow it down to four. You've got Sexy Star. Lucha Underground. Charlotte. Sasha Banks. And Becky Lynch. Mm. All right. It's obvious nominations. This year? Yeah. Not, not all of them. I mean, yeah. Obviously, you don't see Sexy Star coming. But I will explain why you don't see Sexy Star coming. I, I do agree that Sexy Star deserves a nomination, though, mm. given, uh, given what she's gone through this year. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, my vote is actually up in the air. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Renzo, do you have a vote set or are you thinking of I'm anyone? I'm still undecided, to be honest. I mean, I know Sexy Star did some great stuff with, with uh, Lucha Underground this year. Oh, I will no persuade you. I will no, pers- let's run through the other three before <laughs> we go to Sexy Star. Fine. 
Right. Charlotte and Sasha Bank side by side sila because uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah, they are booked together, and you know, ever since they came up, well, before they even came up. Yeah, and they've been at the center of the whole women's evolution. Like, if it had a face, it would it would be both of them. Yeah, at the uh, moment, yes. And Charlotte and Sasha traded uh, the titles. They main event at Raw. They main event at Hell in a Cell. They were inside the cell. They had I- the Iron Man match, the False Count Anywhere match. Um, the only thing lacking in Sasha Banks is the true understanding of the character, I guess, okay, yeah. of what a boss really is, mm-hmm. and the mic work, which is still, uh, mm. um, it, it, it's still lacking yeah. from time Char- to time. Charlotte sucks on the mic more, I would but say, but she makes up for it with in character. Yeah, yeah in character. but it's easy then because it to be a you know to be a, a bitchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's easy, but uh, to me, I think yeah. their prominence in in raw booking, at least, I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know if there is a political agenda to make these two, like, uh, transcend, be the ones to transcend whatever barriers that are set for the women and be these, be these you know. I mean, yeah, they're great role models to look up to for young women, uh, for young girls. But uh, uh, I don't think that they're the best choices. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if we were to, um, if we were to elevate women's wrestling... Into this position that they got, they achieved in af- after pay per views like Hell in a Cell, after matches like the Iron Man match, the Iron Woman match. Yeah, no, uh, they call it the Iron Man match. Uh, I don't think that I would immediately turn to these two. I mean, they're great, yes, but I think there were better choices. I don't, I wouldn't know who just yet. Like, I obviously Bailey's one of them, but uh, to me, it felt like they were doing this for the sake of doing this. It's strange that Asuka is actually on our list. Like, we totally slept on Asuka. Eh. Even though she has the undefeated streak going on, she's the NXT Women's Champion. Uh, to me, because Asuka was like... Um, yeah, you're right. She should be nominated, but I don't think that we weren't expecting anything less for Asuka. Given her skill level given and her, her skill experience. Level and, and her hype as an import. Right. Uh, Becky Lynch is on the list And uh, just like that it, it really says a lot about How, how underrated she is uh, nah, We didn't talk about her until now And um, she's literally literally at the bottom of the list uh, Becky Lynch, I think Is way more organic As the face of a revolution Because for one Again, as I mentioned earlier uh, She has more experience to show for it And she has more uh, Organic ability Organic skill set to actually carry a division, it's it's they put her on the spot. Yes, the same way they put Charlotte and Sasha on that spot. But uh, you don't seem you don't you see her and you don't. It doesn't seem like she's struggling to keep her spot on top of the women's division in SmackDown, right? Yeah. The same way you kind of feel like Beck, uh, Sasha and Charlotte have to put a lot more effort into proving themselves as good wrestlers. Does that make sense? Mm, not entirely, but I kind of see where the point is going. But um, uh, what I'm basically trying to say is that they're not as good as Becky, basically because they don't have that much experience, they don't have uh, that much practice, and I guess they're being thrown into the deep end of the pool, which is not a bad idea, but uh, it doesn't deserve them like the best of the year honors yet. Eh? Would you go so far as to say that if you compare the women that we're talking about to the men, now Charlotte and Sasha are kind of like the OVW era megastars, sure. Whereas Becky Lynch is someone like a Daniel Bryan, yeah, yes. Now, now who took the less conventional path to get to where she is? Mm, 
Well, I wouldn't say the less conventional path because they all ended up the same way. Uh, I would just say that Becky Lynch is a Daniel Bryan out of all of, out of all three of them because she simply has more experience. All right, now, Sexy Star, of course, uh, the first nominee we mentioned. Why is Sexy Star on the list? Uh, because she did all of the women's revolution things on a smaller show. That's why you don't know of it. And way before any of them did. First of all, she won a championship that males in that in Lucha Underground traditionally held. She won the Lucha Underground Championship at Aztec Warfare 3. And technically, she did it way before uh, Sasha Banks and Charlotte made it at the pay-per-view in, at Hell in a Cell. She, Aztec Warfare 3 was taped in April. It only aired in November uh, earlier this year. And she, well, she was not the first woman to hold a, 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 a championship that was traditionally held by men. But uh, I, at this point, she is the woman who is who has managed to do so in a medium that's more exposed than what happened than the uh, than who came before. Perf- um, when it comes to proficiency, uh, uh, how would you rate Sexy Star oh, relative to Becky Lynch, for example? Oh, sexy if Becky's is, the best. No, se- sexy Star is the best out of all of, all all four of them because okay. uh, she well she's way older than the, the other three. Yeah. And she is trained in Lucha Libre, which uh, is more difficult to pull off than your traditional uh, Western wrestling. Okay. And she simply has more experience. All right. Uh, so. She actually comes off as a better worker than, all th- all, uh, than the others who we nominated. Right, so Rose made the case for sexy Becky, Charlotte, and Sasha. We're gonna uh, we're gonna vote on this. I think it's pretty clear that your vote mm-hmm. is for sexy star. Yeah. Oh, and sexy star then is uh, the ultimate role model, the ultimate peg for babyface women, both in kayfabe and in real life. Yeah, kayfabe and real life. If you know her story, she you know that she pretty much uh, went gone through a lot. Yeah, just to be able to wrestle. Yeah, and the fact that she was booked to beat Mil Muertes so cleanly. Uh, obviously it wasn't so dominantly But it was clean And it didn't require the help of a man It goes to show you how much they were willing to commit To Sexy Star as a babyface Of course she lost a championship the One week after week, yeah. But uh, the fact that she was able to achieve it Means that uh, It was Lucha Underground telling the, the, the That part of the market Now okay you girls can do this I think going off of what you said Just before we get to the actual vote Uh Going off what you said, that makes Sasha Banks a weaker candidate. Yes. Because her character has been booked to be such a weak champion. Oh, yeah, champion, absolutely. A, very, a flimsy-ass champion who can't even defend her title. Mm. Three championship wins, zero championship defenses. And she always loses at a pay-per-view. For what? To maintain Charlotte's streak? So, uh, with all that said, uh, let's vote. All right. Uh, who are you going to cast your vote for, Renzo? Okay, so, I mean, you, you convinced me with Sexy Star, okay. to be honest. Um but I'm also taking a step back and and, and looking at what women uh, uh, woman of the year is like woman wrestler of the year means like if we're going based on performance or based on how much you pave the way for young women as an example. Would you say that sexy star has basically been a one woman woman's wrestling revolution better than any of the three that we mentioned previously? Uh, uh- no, only because she does it on a smaller show. She does it in a show that has less exposure. Like, uh, if you were to ask a girl who their favorite women's wrestler was, obviously she would name someone from the WWE. Mm-hmm. 
And I think in in Lucha Underground they didn't make as big of a deal as they do in WWE. Now. Yeah, from they, the get go, from episode one, women wrestle the men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mostly, uh, you know, Matt Striker tends to make a bigger deal out of it because he's not used to seeing uh, women wrestle men on the regular, and he doesn't know how to explain it properly. And because he likes to throw pot shots the, at uh, WWE, same guy who hosted the super ultra kind of misogynistic, yeah, yeah NXT, not about, like, not, uh, game shows from before. Uh, well. To be fair, Matt Stryker on Lucha Underground means well, but he doesn't know how to pull it off. So that's one thing. That's one thing to consider. But uh, as a revolution, it's not um, It's not something they like to emphasize. The, the, they don't like to, to make a big deal out of the differences. I would, I would go for... Then I would go for Sexy Star. For sure. It's... Uh, it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty post-modern uh, way of handling, uh, you know, gender equality and stuff like that. All right. Uh, that said, I I actually was convinced as well to just uh, give me give my vote to Sexy Star. So, female wrestler of the year, the award goes to Sexy Star of Lucha Underground. Ole. She's not with AAA anymore, right? No, no, no. Yeah, so uh, actually, she's really I think, LU. I think she's about to leave LU then. All right. Same reasons, you know, lack of pay. Yeah. I do hope she makes it to the rumored women's tournament. Mm. Now, let's move to the Male Wrestler of the Year Award. And we can narrow this down to a short list of three right now, unless you have any other candidates in mind. Um, our list so far includes Tetsuya Naito, Kenny Omega, and AJ Styles. Mm. Is there anyone else? Uh, well, you know, just to stack the deck for WWE, is there anyone else who fits uh, the nomination for this year? I would nominate Cody Rhodes as a dark horse. As a dark horse, then. Only because he was able to be his own man and he was able to take all his opportunities outside of WWE and make the most out of them. That's not meaning to say that he had the best matches or anything, but uh, he, un- he engineered his own renaissance, if you will. Mm-hmm. How about Jericho? Does he, uh, does he or does he not? Deserve I don't a spot think. Uh, I don't think he deserves a nomination because he he was there then to fulfill his usual veteran's role of putting other people over, like except uh, he did it with more character yeah, and substance did it, he, this time he, around. He did it with less predictability. He did it with, uh, you know, helping Kevin Owens get over. You know, as as his partner and friend and best friend. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, you got Renzo. Anyone on uh, on your radar? Mm, actually, no. I've, I've, I was thinking about this earlier, and my my choice is my clear choice is already in your nominations. All right. So yeah. Um, actually, if I had to give a vote, it would easily go to AJ Styles. Like, Me too. With with respect Same. to Naito and Omega and and Cody, and everything they've achieved, AJ just really had uh, a banner year for 2016. He he had a match of the year candidate against Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom 10. Goes on to the Royal Rumble within the same month. And then uh, has all these moments in WWE Wins the championship in September at Backlash The one title that's eluded him And the one landmark that a lot of people said Now he wouldn't be able to achieve uh. And he and uh, by this time, the end of 2016 He seamlessly fits within the WWE fabric Yeah, uh, I'm voting for him just because of how uh, How hard he's gone this year he didn't have to. Like, I mean, he's getting old. He's getting up there, and he's getting uh, more and more worn down. But especially his back. Yeah, he has a history of back problems. He didn't have to, and um, 
I don't know. It's kind of like a chicken egg situation. I think he wrestled his ass off in the WWE, and they rewarded him for it. Or did he reward? Did they reward him for it because he wrestled his ass off, or did he wrestle his ass off because they rewarded him for it? You know? Yeah. And the fact that we don't know the answer, to the answer to that question, uh, is enough for me to vote for him as wrestler, male wrestler of the year. Um. Yeah, I mean. I- didn't he make okay? So before he showed up on uh, in the Royal Rumble, didn't he also make a, an indie appearance? He Wasn't wrestled. He? No, mm, he probably made us alone UK appearance. Where was? But that? Uh, his last big match before getting inside the Royal Rumble was against Nakamura. Okay, okay. It's just what a year, man! Like Wrestle Kingdom, WrestleMania, and mm. then champion, yeah. For oh man, yeah, Styles for sure. All right, and the award goes to AJ Styles. And we're down to our last category, which is Match of the Year. Our three candidates are, first, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn, NXT TakeOver Dallas. Second, AJ Styles versus John Cena at SummerSlam. Third, The Revival versus DIY, two out of three falls match for the NXT Tag Team Championships, NXT TakeOver Toronto. Before we say anything about the votes, I just want to say, uh, it's really hard to narrow the entire list of good matches in 2016 down to just three. Um, it's almost a disservice to the other good wrestling that came around. But that's why we came up with the 31 Days of Wrestling, right? On Smart Henry. On Smart Henry. Yeah. And, uh, and even then, he didn't support 31 yeah, yeah, Days. Yeah, just because we narrowed this down to three choices doesn't mean that... Uh, actually, I don't think it means that we're able to satisfactorily crown a match of the year, you know, for 2016. Right. But I, whatever we choose, I don't think uh, I will be fully happy with this choice. And I don't think uh, our listeners will be fully happy with it. And that's fine. Because there's so many, so much good wrestling to go around this year. Yeah. So with that said, um, here, are, here are the reasons why these three were narrowed down. Revival versus DIY, I think... Um, is insane. Yeah. It was... They went above and beyond what was expected of that match. Even though a lot of us knew that DIY was going to win. Yeah. Kasi, well, didn't mind because, well, you know. One of them was injured. Scott Dawson was injured. Yeah, but, you know, you never know. Uh, they still book uh, the re- revival to win, even though they shouldn't uh-huh. sometimes. So we, it, you go in there with some uncertainty. Yeah, but the way that they all just wrestled their asses off was, was insane. AJ Styles versus John Cena was an epic marathon. Because you also didn't know who was going to win. Yes, um, I think it was equally important in kayfabe as it was in the meta uh, in the meta realm. Absolutely. And then there was Nakamura versus Zayn because it was the birth of Fight Forever. Yes, it was also a match that just made you lose your mind completely. Um, the best part about this match was you can tell that none of it was choreographed or rehearsed in the sense that these are like no, 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 no. Here's the thing. Bare- they, they barely talked, no, but the they didn't like plan it out. Plan it out. No, here's the thing about that match. You can never really go in there unless you're Eddie Guerrero and and not know what you're doing. Especially for the things you saw in that match, the things they did, like each other signature spots. There's no way nah, you don't come in there without having talked about. Okay, I'm gonna do. I do this usually. Let's do this big spot. This uh, big spot after this. Um, coming as a guy who actually puts together matches in practice, uh, it's impossible to, even if you watch a lot of tape, it's impossible to, uh, to, to get in there and do you know, the signature spots without 
having talked it over. So what they meant by not speaking was that they didn't meticulously choreograph the match. And that they would they would only tell each other, okay, I do this, I do this, watch out for this, I'm gonna call this in the middle of the match, blah blah blah. And that's what it means. That was that's what no 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 speaking means. Right. Um so that said, shall we get to the vote? Okay, but it's gonna be hard. <laughs> all right, together. Uh I wanna vote for all three actually. No, but if you can only vote for one, which we can only vote for one, <laughs> all in favor of revival versus DIY. That's the sound of my hand not raising. <laughs> All in favor of AJ Styles versus John Cena. Okay, I want to vote for this. All right, so that's Ro and Renzo. So even though I'm voting for Nakamura Zayn, AJ Styles and John Cena wins match of the year. Because of how important it was, as you yes. said, for the whole for the whole fabric of WWE. Right. Kayfabe. Yeah, kayfabe and in, re- in real life. Uh, it, what was annoying was Ro and I were actually watching this at Wingman. Oh. And during the finish, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Fox stream died. It, it, <laughs> it crashed. It, hang, it, it hung right before I know, AJ Styles hit the Styles Clash. Yes. R- oh, okay. No, no. Uh, he finished Cena off with a forearm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was up, he was up on the springboard. Oh seriously? Yeah, That's yeah, and, and, the, and the street and the stream cut off. Nung nabuha yung stream, but AJ's na, hand yeah. was already raised no. in victory. That's yes, why I way. had to watch yes, it way. with you that night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Watch that finish. So nang bad trip, and the irony was we were like, oh, Fox is gonna be a sure thing. It's not gonna get cut off <laughs> thanks to shitty internet. Spoot sa AJC na panano na match of the year. Match of the year. Ugh, jeez. Yeah. So match of the year. AJ Styles and John Cena, congratulations on the SummerSlam match. There were just like so many moments in that oh, yeah. that really made it feel okay. So you get the uh, AJ representing the big enemy, quote unquote, of the WWE, which is anything that's not WWE that's wrestling related. So you get the Indies, you got like you know TNA, you got NJPW, just overcoming Cena, beating Cena clean, mm. by the way, and then small things. Well, not small things, but you know, small in comparison to how big the match was, like. AJ Styles crawling around Cena without letting. Do you remember that part in the mm, match where, yeah. like, he was basically maneuvering around his body mm. without actually hitting the ground, and Cena just kind of carrying him, and then the the avalanche AA and the fact that he yeah, kicked he, out. Yes, yes, I was going to say that. Kicked the out fact, of the avalanche AA. The fact when when AJ when AJ kicked out of the super AA, I knew that okay, he's going to win. And then you see Cena kind of backed up in the corner, and then just staring in disbelief, and then the surprisingly. Amazing line from JBL when he was just like he's staring. Um, um, it's like he's looking into a mirror. That's what he said. JBL yeah. said it's like he's staring into a mirror because then Cena has never really come across someone who would always kick out a two. But then mm. here's AJ Styles, just a, f- a fellow franchise player, mm-hmm. right from his generation. Uh, there are two things I want to say, taking off of what Renzo said. The first being that one of the biggest victories for us fans this year was the fact that WWE finally acknowledged the world outside of it. Yes, they uh, they weren't afraid anymore to say now the IWGP Championship exi- exists, now Ring of Honor exists uh, outside of outside of Baron Corbin telling Apollo Cruz to go back to <laughs> Ring of Honor, <laughs> even though he never wrestled there. <laughs> but all these things about uh, you know having Mauro Ronaldo uh, talk about these things and and mention Oshi Hiroshi, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, instead of relying on Michael Cole to say what a maneuver. <laughs> hey, so um, that that really is the biggest victory. The second, yung sinabi ni sinabi Lorenzo about 
we we knew or we had an inkling that AJ had a real shot when he kicked out of the Super AA is a is a recurring theme that I think we saw throughout the year. Like when TJ Perkins kicked out of the Golden Star Powerbomb of Kodai Bushi in Cruiserweight Classic. That was a moment where we were like, I didn't think TJ was going to win, but I think he is now. Mm-hmm. Or when Rich Swan kicked out of the Loaf of Bread uh, um, to win the Cruiserweight Championship eventually against Brian Kendrick. There's, there's another match that I was thinking of already earlier. Now. Uh, someone kicked out of an epic finisher that normally just finishes another guy off. Was it Ziggler when he got the second... Skull crushing finale. Yes, yes, that was the one, right? Because yes. then he, the, people thought he was going to be another heel move where, off the distraction, he gets the finisher and pins him. But mm. then, yeah. right, and conversely, Naman for the heels uh, when Samoa Joe kicked out of the second Kinshasa, uh, back at Toronto. Mm. So I'm I'm not sure if this is. I mean, I'm sure that this has been used over and over. But this year, sobrang litaushe. Uh, Litausha as a I think it's necessary plot well, device, except for Samoa Joe. I think it's necessary then for. Guys like Dolph Ziggler, because they need to. Uh, it's it's hokey when you think about it as uh, as part of wrestling logic. But uh, for guys like Ziggler who need to uh, ascend to that next level, they need to get into that spot and find that inner second wind, you know, to eventually and, get and, that and victory. No yeah. sell in a way, the second finisher. Right, right. Okay. Uh, that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. Uh, that, that we've covered all the awards, which brings us to the end of this episode. But we're not ending just yet because we do have uh, some quick announcements that we have to get uh, get out of the way. First is that uh, from this episode on, or from from next episode onward, things will probably sound a bit different. Yeah, like it's not going to be as crisp. It's not going to be as produced. And that's mostly because I am leaving my job at Mellow ninety four seven to do other things by well next week. What those other things are, I actually don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to be waking up on, uh, I would say the third, because the second is still a holiday. I well, say, it, yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a holiday for you if you stayed. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, as for the reasons, I'm not really going to go shoot a podcast or something or, or like come up with a letter like Cody Rhodes did. Uh, I, I guess if I had to cut the long story short... Uh, I have to look for my Miami If I were a LeBron James <laughs> I, have, I have to go to college Or I have to find my Miami or... I have to go to college Well LeBron never went to college yeah, Miami was It wasn't, his a, it wasn't a career option for him To go back to college No but he does cite his time in Miami As his time in college Okay He refers to it that way um, which, which is funny Because I'm not a LeBron fan at all But I, I keep making this comparison I, I, I just need to find I just need to find uh, What it is I can do or achieve Outside the four walls Because I, I, uh, I haven't really Admitted it before But I guess Mellow and by extension Radio has always been my comfort zone it's been my comfort zone for the last six years, and this is something I've always anchored myself to. Now, whatever I do, it always goes back to radio. Whatever I get myself into, it always ties back into it. And now it's going to be a totally different situation once I, once I leave. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's been a bittersweet process the last couple months. This is the last episode, by the way. If you didn't get it by now, it's the last episode we're recording here at Mellow. Yeah, which is why I'm really thankful to uh, Boss Luigi and... Uh, Everyone here at Mellow, uh, even Chris, my partner, uh, because the the prod booth where we record is his realm. Yes. So for me, for Ro and Thomas and I, thank you to have invaded this space for the better part of the last three years has Damn, been son. has been amazing. The first time we invaded this space was after Joshi Jam. Yeah, I still remember that night very fondly. <laughs> it was a Saturday night. Yes. And uh, that night, I was sure nobody was using the booth. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, uh, we, just, we just went here on a whim. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that episode is lost forever. No, I actually, oh, I, I think I found it. Yeah, yeah. I think I found it's it. Good, it's good. At this point, I don't think I want to release it. No, absolutely oh, not. You should definitely it. should now. No. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. No, it wouldn't make sense. Cause you, you wouldn't know what we're talking about. Right. And we, we, talked, about, we talked about a lot of things that are passe now at this uh, point. But I do want to hear it now, now that you mention it. Yeah, uh, it, it's somewhere in one of, one of my flash drives. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been great actually. And what, I guess my one regret is that we didn't start this sooner. That's fine. Uh, three I mean, years is enough. Jesus Christ. Yeah, three years is a long time. Um, and and I guess with with radio, uh, six years is is a lot when you consider the fact that I'm 26. So like that's about half my li- uh, mm-hmm. not my half, but like a fourth of my life and and some change. So there, um, I, I have no idea what I'm going to do next year, but I want to keep doing some of the fun fun stuff. Like I want to keep writing and I want to keep doing the podcast, which is why Ro and Kamis and I have resolved to keep doing this uh, moving well, forward and to find ways. Well, it doesn't mean that we have to end the podcast. Yeah, the podcast is not going to end. And um, I'm not sure when's the next time you'll be back on because it'll, it'll be so less accessible where? to you. Where? Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll find we'll find We'll uh, find ways time in video. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for next week, it, it'll be the start of a new era on the podcast, and uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be extra special because it's going to be an episode that discusses the current state of affairs at your PWR. favorite local wrestling promotion. Speaking of new era, PWR. I think we might as well drop a bomb. Yeah, because we didn't talk about it while you were away when the announcement was first made. Uh-oh. Right. In case you didn't know, uh, classical Brian Leo wait, wait, is no, no more. Not, not that bomb. Oh. <laughs> Everyone. Oh, I thought the other bomb. No, oh, okay. everyone knows this bombing. Bomb. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. I, speaking of new eras, because a new eras in a podcast, we're also going to be getting into a new era on the wrestling cast. That's right. Which also coincidentally no longer involves classical Brian Leo. Oh, or you should explain it in, explain it or however you want to address it. Right. So we will be debuting a new a new set, a new look, possibly new co-host. Knew almost everything except for the fact that Ro and I will still be there oh, no, in our wrestling swag before uh, Royal Rumble, yeah. Before and in time for the Royal Rumble, just and, like and maybe some. more. Just like last year, my mom will be like, "You know, my son knows those two on TV." <laughs> <laughs> so proud of me that I know the guys from Wrestling Gods. Hi, mom. Man, wait, shit, damn, damn, <laughs> son. So yeah, uh, that that's something that we've been working on over the last uh, month or so as well. So it's not all bad. There is a little bit of good, and I think that so with a low bar that 2016 is set, I think 2017 yeah. could be much much better. Royal Rumble and then some. So watch out for that. Uh, it's gonna be soon. Uh, it's almost January. Yeah, and the Royal Rumble isn't gonna be. It's gonna be on the 29th in the yeah, US. It's not far off. Thirtieth eh? in the Philippines. Uh, so uh, we can tell you that pre-prod starts in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And because pre-prod has a set date, that means the show will be back on air. That's all you need to know for now. In the meantime, you can follow our adventures when we're not podcasting or when we're not being bums, uh, or at least in my case, on, on social media. Twitter and Instagram, it's the same as always. For Camus, it's at Caveman Camus. He's going to be posting shit about Wrestle Kingdom over the next week. For Renzo over here, it's at Renzo Saurus. It's at Roe War for Ravishing Roe Moran. And for me... Stunning Stancy at underscore Stancy. So on behalf of everybody who's been part of the podcast in any way, shape, or form over the last three years, uh, we thank you for continuing to subscribe, for not unsubscribing, for not deleting anything. Delete. 
Thank you for uh, thank you to everyone who supported us in any way. Uh, the mellow people, uh, all you listeners, everybody. Uh, it really means a lot. A belated Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, you Happy filthy New animals. Year. Not filthy animals and peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 